Hello there. Welcome to Bros Watch PLL2. I am Benjamin Light. I am Marco Sparks. And today, S3 E23, I'm your puppet. Mm-hmm. Written by Oliver Goldstick and Maya Goldsmith. Directed by Oliver Goldstick. Uh, yeah, this is his first directing opportunity on the show. He's one of the main writers, so mm. I guess this was one where he felt he had the juice. There's some good shots in here. Yeah, I like yeah. it when they let the writers direct because I feel like they have a little more leeway than like the usual like pounded out. Like they can get in a couple shots here and there. Well, you really have to wonder though. Like, was he maybe thinking about that while writing this? You know, perhaps. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, season three, episode twenty-three. I'm your puppet. We'll we'll get to what that means in a bit. Mm-hmm. So we start off with lots of meetings. Meetings, of course. Literally a dark and stormy night at Radley. Yeah, I like out, I like the first shots outside of Radley, and it's you know you see the gates and the rain pouring, uh, like silhouetted by light, and then inside Spencer's sitting at a table with uh puzzle like is that puzzle on top of the table or is it like laminated underneath something it's hard to tell i couldn't tell yeah yeah but she's sitting on a table with a puzzle on it uh not completed and a nurse is like hey your friends are here and the other liars are here they're they're here for real this time to see spencer mm-hmm. there's aria hannah and emily spencer and, looks pretty settled to her crazy person fashion well she, she looks totally unenthused to see her best friends right now she looks over she's kind of like eh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you guys. Thanks for sitting next to me, Arya. The girls sit and they they say they wanted to be here the first day they could. They spoke to Veronica, who said that Spencer will be home tomorrow, and Spencer's just like, she still believes that. <laughs> yeah. uh, she thinks that I'll be able to sleep through the night if I just take a nice bubble bath and lay in my own bed. Mm-hmm. It's like you know that does sound pretty good, Spencer. Well, Emily, you could like, you could do a lot worse than a, a bubble bath in your own bed. She's like, well, what I think that she wants is and Spencer's like, I know what she wants. Well, they don't make a loofah to scrub out the inside of your head. Yes, they do, Spencer, and her name is Mona. Well, it's like the others are just like, Jesus, that's dark. Yeah. <laughs> On Hannah, it seems like she's pretty over this whole display right now. She's like, yeah. the park ranger's on a body, and Spencer kind of perks up, and the other liars are like, Hannah. Yeah, and Hannah's like, no, sorry. The sooner Spencer knows, the sooner she checks out of this place. So Emily tries to then like reframe it as good news. They found a body in the woods. The police believe it was a camper, and Spencer just says calmly, "It was Toby." And Arya's like, "No, Spence, it wasn't. This person he'd been missing for a while, and he was nowhere near where he thought you saw." And Spencer's like, "I know what I saw. It was Toby." Um, hey. real quick pause. Like, all I have notes in Arya's fashion here is that her dress is disgusting. Yeah, Arya's, it's yellow, there's, like, triangle, there's, like, weird, like, Vs of yellow and black, kind of, like, shaped into diamonds, and I, I don't even know. But then she has, like, black sleeves underneath it. Yeah, it looks like an unfinished puzzle that's unfinished for a reason. Um, yes. Yeah, Emily so, does have a, a very nice, like, crimson leather jacket on. That's a pretty cool look. Emily is dressed like Peter Quill the Star-Lord. Yeah. Basically. I mean, if she just puts on like a weird metal helmet and jumps out in the space, like she could be leading the Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. right now. Unfortunately, she's not. She's leading Arya and Hannah. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Yeah. I mean, Arya's definitely Rocket, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't I guess, I don't know who is Groot. <laughs> Arya's just like, ain't nobody like me but me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Toby's Groot, obviously. Um, where are we at? 
Oh, God. So, uh, yeah, so Hant- Spencer's just like, it was Toby and Otis saw, and they're just kind of like, uh, like, everyone's just like, God, this is really awkward. Yeah, uh, none of them, like, this is not what they were expecting. Uh, yeah. Arya's trying to be uplifting, she's trying to make plans for when she, Spencer gets she's out. She's like, I was thinking tomorrow night when you get home, we could all, and Spencer's like, I need to stay here, I need more time. And says, time for what? And Arya and Hannah are trying to, like, rein Hannah in again, but Hannah's just, like, on tilt now. She's just, like, shuffling around and Mona's old slippers isn't going to get you any better. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I would not dine here if I were you. I had to sneak around in that kitchen, and I saw a roach big enough to wear an apron. And Arya says, moving on! And Hannah says, you are not crazy. This place is. Which I, I feel like I'm I'm with Hannah on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I feel like Hannah has her finger on the pulse more than she realizes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Spencer's just like, I'm too tired to have this fight right now. And she just gets up and like starts to walk away. But then she stops. And she's like, I feel safe here. These bars don't just keep you from getting out. They keep other people from getting in. And just wanders off. And so we see Spencer back in her room. She's kind of like fiddling with something in her pillowcase. Mm-hmm. We don't really see what it is. And then a nurse knocks and she's just like, in a minute. And the nurse comes in and Spencer kind of, you know, pulls away from the pillowcase. And the nurse is like, your friends are leaving. Don't you want to say goodbye? And Spencer's like, I already did. <laughs> <laughs> the nurse is just like, wow, you're a cunt. <laughs> walks out. And Spencer lies down on the bed and there's this really awesome shot where she's staring blankly at the ceiling. Mm-hmm. But the the rain from outside is like silhouetted across one side of her face. Yeah. And so you see this water dripping down where it's it looks like she's crying, except she's not. It's just a shadow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really weird and disturbing shot. Well, and it's it's so powerful. And even more powerful is the shot doesn't end till Spencer closes her eyes. And then yeah. we go to credits. Well, it's, yeah, it's like, you know, her, she may not be crying visibly, but, you know, her, her mental state in the shadows there. Yeah. God, that's creepy. Cool yeah, shot. Yeah, it's beautiful and terrifying. <laughs> um, so then after the opening, where we start off in Emily's bedroom, it's morning, we pan across the floor, and we see there's clothes and shit everywhere. <laughs> it's a place is a fucking mess. Oh, you my know God. why? Because Hurricane Hannah has been through here. Yeah, because Hannah's living with Emily for the moment. And uh, total disaster, and Hannah's just like, can, can you find my makeup bag? And Emily's just like, uh, I think, uh, I don't know where it is, but it looks like you like emptied the entire contents of it onto my bed. Onto my uh, pillow, yeah. Yeah, you can tell Emily's getting a little annoyed at this. Yeah, this has been maybe like two nights. <laughs> and well, Hannah's just like, don't start, you know. Like, I only slept for like 20 minutes last night. And why? Because Wilden knows that she's staying there at Emily's. Yeah, Hannah is like she keeps looking out the window, like you know, to see if Wilden's out there or something. Emily, em- meanwhile, is having nightmares about their friend getting her head shaved in the nut house. <laughs> yeah, she can't believe that Hannah's worried about Wilden with the Spencer situation. Of course, that uh, you know, Spencer isn't Hannah's other self; it's Emily. So of course, that's why Emily'd be more concerned. Right, right. Uh, and Hannah's like, I have lots of other things that are keeping me up at night. Okay, Emily. And she's worried that Wilden's car will learn to float. And Emily says, you know, look, if he's looking for his car, he's not A. Uh, and then this is a wonderful line. She says, besides, cars don't float. If they did, pilgrims could have driven here. Why is there a wet towel on my bed? Yeah, it's wonderful. So just then Pam knocks on the door. She comes in. 
Pam suggests they get a hop on, get hopping on there, or there won't be time for breakfast. And Hannah just kind of struts past her and is just like, none for me, thanks. And she walks right out of the room. Oh, and I like, even before she says that, when Pam first walks in, she kind of, you know, takes the place in, like, looks at Emily, and they, they communicate something between them. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, this bitch is sloppy. <laughs> this bitch, yeah. Um, so, Pam, she loves Hannah, but someone needs to teach that girl the meaning of the word fold. <laughs> so, Emily has, says it was a rough night, you know, meaning Spencer shit. Emily is sad the doctors aren't helping Spencer. She still thinks that it was Toby out there in the woods. And Pam's like, well, you can get caught in that kind of thinking. Don't take on a tragedy that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. That's good advice, Pam. Yeah. She's like, just don't get involved unless yeah. it affects you directly. Yeah. So Emily mentions that, you know, since Pam works the precinct, reminder, can she at least tell her when they know more about the body? And Pam, she's like, sighs, like, well, if it'll help you move on from this. Yeah. Space says that that Emily will know more and Pam knows more. Yeah, you'll know when I know, basically. So then we uh, go to a street side cafe. I have to, I don't know, did you happen to notice what was written on the sign? No, I didn't. It's it's so weird. I mean, this is obviously just like some like set PA fucking people. Uh, the sign it says add coffee flavor to any coffee free. And then <laughs> next year it says 100% grass-fed coffee. Mm. <laughs> just just a joke, obviously. You don't or it's perfectly a normal thing in fucking mm-hmm. Rosewood PA. Yeah. Um so yeah, Arya is sitting at a table there looking anxious. And I have to point out that you can see across the street, like behind her, that they're setting up like what looks like a fair or a festival or something. Like carnival. Yeah. Carnival. Ezra comes out of the breakfast place with their breakfast. Um, well no, he comes out with a one single crawler yeah. donut. And he's just like, I don't know if this is really enough to split between us, which it isn't, Ezra. But I, I get the impression because he says, Are you sure? That like that's yeah. what Arya ordered for the two of them, and you mm-hmm. can tell Ezra's probably hungry. <laughs> Ezra's like seriously, I'm gonna eat this whole thing. Just FYI. Yeah. So Arya suggests that they actually should eat it out inside, and he's like, "Well, or we could eat it in my car and duck every time someone passes." Yeah, and he's just like, "Hey, we're not going backwards. We'll figure this out." Because uh, Arya's very concerned seeing being seen in public with Ezra now, because she basically lied to Hackett about the whole situation and. Now it's kind of like, hey, Ezra, you know, I I put myself out there. You, you can't exactly do things in public anymore. But Ezra's not having that. Yeah, she uh, she told the principal that as Ezra's applying for an assist or a, a substitute teacher yeah. job. So he takes her hand and he says, uh, nothing between us needs to change. It's like, are you sure about that? Because then the universe responds by having Maggie call Ezra's cell phone. Yeah. And Ezra does the, uh, what's up? Tomorrow? Uh, no, it's, I just have a, uh, you know what? Yeah, I can pick him up. And Arya looks so nonplussed by this as she, yeah. like, stirs her coffee, like, with the spoon barely in it. She's mm. kind of wiggling it back and forth. Mm. And it turns out Malcolm's karate class gets out at the same time as his second interview tomorrow. Let's point out, this kid's been in town for, like, four days. Like, He's got a fuck, fucking Maggie? karate class. Like, do you even have, like, a permanent place to live yet, but you signed them up for karate? Yeah, yeah. Well, these are two These are two parents who neither of them have jobs. But, by the way, so Maggie's going to lose her, her, like, cushy condo or whatever that she used to live in. Mm-hmm. Could she not have just gone and got an apartment somewhere? She had a job. She had a job, exactly. It's not like she got fired from her teaching job. Right. I mean, maybe she might have had to 
make some cutbacks, live a little less high off the hog if she was paying rent and whatnot, but did you really need to move to Rosewood, Maggie? Well, I mean, let's analyze this, though. She got kicked out of her cushy condo because the mother of her, uh, the, fa- the mother of the father of her son is pissed off because the father of son's cut off all ties, financial and otherwise, with, with the family. So, yeah, she has a job. She moves states away to be with this guy who has no job. She now has no job. Well, I mean, is it some sort of weird, like, fuck you thing where, like, she wasn't getting paid off to hide the kid anymore. And so now it's like, aha, I'm going to put him totally in Ezra's life. Like, that'll show you, grandmother. I don't know. I, I Maybe, considering Ezra's the kind of guy who's just like, what is this, a toy dinosaur? Fuck this toy dinosaur. And throws it away. Yeah, um, Maggie, or, yeah, Maggie's signed up Malcolm for some fucking karate. Uh, and so Arya's like, Arya's like, well, I'd offer to help. I just figure out that whole falling off the bed incident. And oh, I was just like, well, you know, I don't blame you for that. It's not about me. And Arya's like, oh, so Maggie blames me. And he says, you know what? Honestly, I would have loved it if you picked up Malcolm. If I blow off this interview, someone else is going to get that job. Someone else will get that substitute teaching job. Yeah. Arya kind of just smiles at this. And he's just like, look, I can deal with Maggie. And so Arya's going to go pick the kid up. Ezra's a piece of shit here because he's basically doing everything he can to like pit these two women against each other. Well, and also it's like, yeah, Maggie might not like you right now, Arya, but this is convenient to me. So yeah. whatever. Well, I think Maggie make, gets mad later, you know, apologize instead of asking for permission. That's how he rolls. No, he's also basically manipulating Arya because he knows that he's going to ask her if she didn't offer. He was going to ask her. Mm hmm. Because um, clearly he has no other friends in this entire town. No, uh, Artie? Was that his name? Hardy? Artie? Hardy, I think it was Hardy. Uh, that guy was like, dude, like, we can't hang. It's not yeah. cool. Yeah, Ezra, you're fucking weird now. Mm-hmm. I'll see you at the trial. Um, plus, I don't know, I think that guy has moved on towards Spencer. School, outside, hallway, daytime, uh, the next scene. Hannah and Caleb are on a bench. Caleb is just gushing about his Uncle Daddy Jamie. Um, talking about how like oh we have both have scars below our left knee. Granted, my dad got his in prison. Ha ha ha! That's a joke, Hannah. And Hannah's just kind of like, eh. Did you notice the the flyer on the wall behind them? Uh, which one? There are over twenty five music groups scheduled for something. Oh yeah, that's a lot of music groups. It's it's like a, it's like a an event flyer. I think it's interesting. So Um, it's like free drinks or something. Yeah. So Hannah seems a bit distant this conversation. Caleb like leans in for a snuggle and he <laughs> likes what he smells and he asks her what it is and she looks disgusted he's she's like, like is that a new perfume <laughs> and she's like it's no it's air freshener pam or miss Emily's mom sprayed it all over my clothes when i wasn't looking or when i was looking then she sprayed it in my hair <laughs> and he's just like ask her to spray you with it again tonight yeah my, my dad wants to take us out for a nice dinner yeah. and hannah just looks queasy and she's just like uh, he doesn't have to do that. And Caleb's just like, look, stop. Like, not only did you bring him back into my life, you, you know, you're the reason he gets to stay. Uh, you got him. He, he, or what does he say? He got. No, you got sorry. the man work. Yeah, you got the you man work. Let him get you an entree. So Hannah is distracted here because Caleb just basically reminded her that she won the girlfriend of the year trophy after all. Mm-hmm. So they start making out. Yeah. And Ella kind of walks through the crowd and sees this and. She looks concerned, not because this is kind of a weird PDA in the middle of school, but for other reasons. Well, we'll find out later. It's such a funny scene until you get why later. But it's just yeah. like, suddenly Ella's like so, very concerned about Hannah's love life. 
um so me and i mean i don't know do they i'm trying to remember if we had like any sort of rules on pdas in school like i feel like the teacher would probably just kind of be like all right all right you know like like it's not like they're gonna like go put like a balloon between you and tell you leave room for the holy spirit or anything but get a room you two they probably would be like hey kids you're at school yeah yeah just pull and pray kayla pull and pray um so, you know, what Arya's locker, she's getting some shit out of there. Was Emily's Camera's inside, inside the locker looking out. So, yeah. you know that somebody is getting directorial here. Yeah. Arya says, can't you just ask your mom for a copy of the coroner's report? <laughs> That's a thing teenage girls say. Yeah. And Emily's like, Arya, the coroner's report doesn't say not Toby. It just says John Doe. And Arya's just like, oh. Yeah. And she's like, okay, it's not going to change Spencer's mind. And Emily gets a text and kind of frowns at it. And Arya immediately, she's like, who is that? And Emily's like, it's Shauna. And Arya's like, why does she keep texting you? Well, Paige is out of town. Is she into you? And before He's... Emily can really answer, Hannah joins them. She's like, sorry, Caleb had a lot to share. Yeah, like his tongue. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why is Emily blushing? And then she looks at Arya and she's like, why is she blushing? And Arya's like, Shauna's cruising her. And I think she should shut it down before it turns into X in the city. And Hannah's face is just like, ooh, scandalous. <laughs> I love how Arya just like totally gets up and only shit like immediately. So, do you want to talk about Arya's fashion for a minute here? I don't totally hate what she's wearing. I guess I like her hair in this episode. Nice hair. Yeah. All throughout the episode, uh, she's currently wearing a black vest over a long blouse that has one of those like kerchief type ties on it that matches the shirt. It's a, a white blouse with a little like red and red and blue, blue car blue pattern thing. shirt. Yeah. I mean, it looks like the wallpaper from a child's bedroom meeting yeah. something that Peggy Olsen would wear on Mad Men. Well, the outfit's a lot better when she had, like, the big heavy jacket on over it, the black yeah. jacket. She's got big red earrings. Um, Did you also notice her binder? Uh, What is that, Rolling Stone? I don't think it's Rolling Stone. It's a picture of, like, big red lips and a tongue, and it says, speak out on it. And okay. I just thought it's, like, some kind of mashup between, like, Arya being a Rolling Stones fan mm-hmm. and, probably more appropriately, Arya being a Rocky Horror Show fan. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see Ari and Ezra like going to midnight screenings. In case anyone's curious, Hannah has like a fairly short kind of flower print sundress on with a crazy belt with like a gold brooch in the middle and then uh, like a white little mini jacket over it. it the next day is, is Hannah's crazy outfit. Um, yeah. So Emily says that she's not thinking about Shauna and she wants to change the subject back to Spencer. Hannah says they saw Spencer's face. They're not getting her out of Radley unless they kidnap her. And Arya's like, yeah, or we could take the body there and prove to her it isn't Toby. And then Emily stops. It's like a light bulb goes off over her head. And Arya's just like, I was joking, bitch. Calm down. Yeah, that's not a real option, Emily. Emily's like, no, but taking a picture of it is. I mean, we've been down to that morgue before. What's to stop us from going back? Literally nothing. That's what I love about these girls is that. (laughs) Arya's like, "Um, do we really have to answer that? (laughs) They take nothing at face value. They don't wait for anyone to respond to anything or like authorities to give them the facts and figures. They're just going to break into some place where they shouldn't be. Yeah. What you doing tonight, Arya? Can you can you hang out? No, actually, I need to break into a morgue. We can hang, I, we talk later, Ezra. I know. I'm so interesting. I'm mm-hmm. so interesting. Um. So meanwhile, in Rally in the common room, Spencer is just sitting there looking contemplative. Eddie Lamb comes up to her and asks her if she's ever played this board game before. Now, could uh, you see what the game is? I could never quite spot it. I couldn't. It looks like it's like a generic risk. Kind of. Uh, Something to do with pirates or something, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's a board game with a big map in it, which we'll see in a second. Uh, 
But Spencer, you know, he hands her the board game and she's just like, uh, no, it looks like it's a little before my time. And Eddie says, so is Duke Ellington. If he walks in that door, are you going to ask him not to play the piano? <laughs> and Spencer so, kind of smiles at this, but, but then like the, the vibe is killed. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to say vibe in like a romantic way, but like a friendly, you know, right, right, yeah. way. Cause Ren enters and he's, uh, Spencer, I just learned you, you know, that you'd been admitted. I'm sorry. I didn't know. He looks like breathless. Yeah. And then he looks at Eddie like he's afraid of being cock-blocked. So he tries to dismiss Eddie Land by saying, Well, Eddie, could you check on Mr. Patterson? He may need assistance getting into physical therapy. And Eddie is Mr. Cool Guy, and he's just like, oh, he had it this morning. And then Ren's just like, then perhaps you could do a follow-up. Check on his pain management. But he's like, he's being like an officious dick about it. Like, yeah, and Eddie, is. you can tell Eddie, like, obviously, like, Ren's a doctor, so he, like, outranks Eddie. Mm-hmm. And Eddie, like, I just feel bad for Eddie here, like having to put up with this bullshit, you know? Yeah, he's, got, he's got to eat this he's shit. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was having a friendly conversation here, asshole. Yeah. So then Ren sits down with Spencer, and he's worried that something he said or did brought Spencer here. And Spencer's and just Spencer's like, like, oh, Ren, like you had that power over me. <laughs> That's so cute. She's mm-hmm. like, no, you're not the reason I'm here. He sees the game in front of her, and he asks her who chose it, her or Eddie. And she says, Eddie, and he says, that's interesting, since it's the game that Eddie played with Mona when she first arrived here. Yeah. And he says, yeah, she's a bit obsessed with it until she eventually traded it in for cards. And then Ring gets a page. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I have to go. I'll, you know, I'll be back to check on you later. He doesn't have to go. He has to push on. Yeah. Spencer's like, okay. And as as Ring gets up, he does a little like shoulder squeeze on uh, Spencer's shoulder there. Mm. A little inappropriate touch. Yeah, because uh, he's a doctor, and and, and older, a old, much older than him or her. Yeah. Um, so Ren leaves, and Spencer she kind of studies the board game. Like the board itself is just like this map of like the continents and the ocean, like a grid over it. Yeah, there's a, a grid like for each like square. Um, there's uh, some weird little symbols drawn here and there on ink, like on the board. Like there's a there's a little one with like a doorway and then there's like lines and numbers going like, places like handwritten like yeah like hand, yeah somebody else has written on this board uh, lots of numbers so then we cut to Ella's classroom where on the blackboard we see that Ella's apparently teaching a Wright Bradbury story to the kids which I thought was interesting they teach Wright Bradbury in high school I am amazed that's awesome yeah. I mean maybe Fahrenheit four fifty one but I somehow doubt that's what Ella's teaching oh um, Macbeth is also up there. Oh, is it still up there, too? Hmm. Yeah. So the classroom is empty, of course. Hannah walks past, saying, see you later, to somebody, and Ella calls her in. <laughs> says that she's been leaving messages for Ashley for a few days, but hasn't heard from her. So Hannah says, you know, Ashley's in New York for some, some kind of seminar, and asks what the thing is. Um, Ella sighs and says that she's on the church's restoration committee, and something has come up, and they need Ashley to weigh in on it. <laughs> and Hannah's just like, is this about Caleb's dad? And Ella's like, how well did your mom know Jamie before she recommended him? Which sounds kind of accusatory. Well, yeah, uh, I feel like Hannah should be like, she didn't fuck this one. Mm-hmm. I don't think. Ella's like, look, I'm trying to help. It's just really hard to defend the honor of someone that you don't even know. I'm hoping it's all just a misunderstanding. And Hannah's like, well, what's a misunderstanding? Uh, apparently, Jamie removed the bronze bell from the tower to have it repaired. The one that was returned is evidently of much lesser value. And Hannah's like, wait, that's what this is about? They missed their crusty old bell? Seriously, Hannah. Uh, and Ella's like, to the tune of $8,000. Please don't say anything to Caleb. Just have your mom call me. And Hannah's just like, oh. 
Um, so, I mean, so, what are they thinking? Like, Jamie, like, went and got, like, a shitty bell to replace it with and then sold it for scrap metal? It's a lot of, like, I mean, is it like an underground bell market? Mm-hmm. Who's your bell fence, really? Um, so, back at Riley, Spencer's still running her fingers over that game board. There's lines that lead, like, to places of numbers, and there's a symbol that looks like a piano keys on one square, a little musical symbol next to it. Mm-hmm. So, then she looks over at the piano, starting to, you know, puzzle this together. The board in front of her is her guide. She starts to walk out paces numbered from there. Yeah, it's like so many paces. She's going to like walk straight from this piano and then like turn uh, as the, the board instructs and walk more paces. So she eventually she's doing this walking through Radley and apparently nobody's stopping her. Mm-hmm. as she's like walking around holding this game board out in front of her. Well, she's and, looking around making sure no one's looking, but yeah. and she eventually, so shitty. She gets to a window just mm-hmm. as, uh, you know, she's expecting based on the board. And this window, it's got a latch on it, but and it appears to be shut, but she fiddles with it a little, and suddenly you can see the latch is actually broken. It's not even attached. Yeah. Uh, and so she can push that window right open there. And this is a way out of Radley. Yeah. Yeah, she kind of pushes it open further and kind of peeks outside to see what's going on. Because it's, I mean, it's very clever in a way. It's If, if you close this and just kind of set the latch a certain way, it's going to look like this is just another locked window, but it's actually not. Yeah. So then at the Aperos Grill at night, Hannah and Caleb are having dinner with you know, Caleb's Uncle Daddy Jamie. Uh, he's talking about how the church has great bones. It was built to last. Yeah. So, and uh, Caleb's like, he, Caleb just looks so happy, and Hannah definitely doesn't want to be there at all. And she's yeah. just not really saying anything, just like eating, you know, drinking her, her drink there. And Jamie's like, I'm going to take a long time on this. You know, I want to get it right. Mm-hmm. And then he, he pulls out a little gift for Hannah. It's a little jewelry gift. And she's just like, oh, you really shouldn't have. And yeah, like, she looks like she could vomit on the table. Yeah, and so he, he makes her, you know, kind of opens it for her. And he's just like, it's an angel. It's like a little angel necklace. He's like, it seemed appropriate. And she looks so ungrateful. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know what to say. Well, it's like he went from thinking that like Caleb had the greatest girlfriend in the world to having like a really like like shitty sour faced girlfriend. Yeah. No, uh, so Jamie's phone starts ringing. Yeah, he's like, oh, I hate these damn things, like a cell phone. Uh, and he's trying to turn off the ringer, but he's like, oh, it's Pastor Ted. Uh, he's supposed to need to take this. Excuse me. So he I like leaves. that he actually calls him Pastor Ted. That's his name, apparently. Yeah. So um, yeah, and then Hannah just kind of watched him go and sighs some more. There's a lot of sighing in this episode. <laughs> yeah. So Hannah just can't even. Yeah, so in Spencer's room at Radley, it's still nighttime. Veronica's there. She's brought clothes for Spencer to wear and wants Spencer to, like, you know, leave. Um, Spencer yeah, tries she's to hoping she's they're going to make her feel better, you know. And they can maybe stop on the way home to get some more clothes. And there's basically just an argument here where Spencer's just like, I'm not coming home. Veronica's like, just put on the blouse. Spencer's like, I'm not ready. And Veronica's just like, I just want you in your own bed, blah, blah, blah. Spencer's like, Mom, I can't just go back to dinners at the club. And eventually Spencer just, because gra- they're like talking over each other, Spencer finally grabs a blouse and throws it down. She's like, I said I'm not ready. I like that it's a blouse and a blazer. Yeah, well, of course. That, that'll that make Spencer happy, right? Yeah, so. Uh, Spencer like gets up and moves over to a chair and kind of sulks a little. And Veronica, you can tell she just doesn't really know what the hell to do. You know, she picks the blouse back up and she's just like, you know, like, what happened? You know, what happened between you and Toby? I'm not moving from this spot to, like, get a real answer. The last time I saw someone in this state clinging to a secret this hard, 
it was Allison. And that gets weeks, Spencer's attention. A few weeks later, she was dead. You know what that means, folks? Flashback. flashback. So flashback to the Hastings kitchen. It's late at this night. This is the first Veronica flashback, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Veronica's getting some late night Perrier. Uh, she hears someone coming through the back door, which startles her. Veronica's she, in a crazy, like, satiny blue, like, light blue bathrobe. Yeah. Hello, Mrs. Robinson. Yeah. Um, also, also, like, she really looks a lot like Melissa in this scene. Yeah, a little bit. Like, they, they did a really good job casting the Hastings. I'm really curious if this flashback is set after the the one with like the ankle bracelet that episode remember the flashback oh yeah yeah actually i was thinking the same thing actually i was like is this the same night where like that was the one where allison was staying over but then she's gonna go out and get them fake ids yeah and i i wondered that i mean i don't i don't know if it there's nothing to can say one or the other, but yeah. So the reason why we're wondering that is because, you know, Veronica freaks out a little bit seeing Allison come in, and she thought Allison was asleep up in Spencer's room. They're having a sleepover. Mm-hmm. And Allison seems, like, generally surprised running to Veronica. Like, she was well, not expecting a Hastings family member when she snuck back into the house. Well, Allison appears to have kind of, like, pajama pants and shirt on with, like, a jacket over it. And her face is a little red on one side, although we can't totally see because she's in the shadow. Um, but, and so, you know, Veronica's like, what are you doing here? And Allison's like, I had to go out. And Veronica's like, well, for what? What happened to your mouth? It's bleeding. Yeah. And we see she's got like a kind of a blood on one side of her lip. And she's like, I must have scratched myself on a tree branch on the way over to my house. Can I go upstairs, please? (laughs) So Veronica asked why Allison had to go back to her house at three in the morning. And Allison says, you know, she can't, she can't talk about Mrs. Hastings, please. I can't talk about this. So Veronica gets some ice and asks if she had a fight with someone. And Allison says, Mrs. Hastings, if you tell my parents, it's only going to make it worse. Please don't say anything. Promise me you won't say anything. So Veronica hugs her. Well, Veronica gives her a very concerned hug. And Ellie seems to need it for a couple seconds. Uh, but then, like, this, like, smile creeps across her face. And well, she yeah, pulls you, away, and she's like, I'm just being weird. Overly sensitive. I'm fine. Yeah, you just, you see her whole, like, demeanor change over Veronica's shoulders there. Mm-hmm. Um, so she well, like, runs upstairs. I, maybe you're underselling it. Allison looks super distressed in this scene. Yeah, yeah. Like, she's just, like, pleading with Veronica, like, please don't ask me about this. I can't talk about it. Which, I mean, Veronica, like, geez, like... At what point do you have to go have go have a chat? I mean, maybe it's just because she's pleading not for her not to say anything to her parents, but well, we'll find out why in a second. Yeah. But I mean, it's a big deal because Allison never looks this distressed. Her mm-hmm. whole identity is about power and control, and here she looks like she has neither of those. Um, so she has upstairs. The, the blood is actually because she just fed on someone. Yeah, she just sucks someone's soul out, as she'll teach Arya how to do. Mm-hmm. Veronica's just like, what the fuck? And then, you know, end <laughs> yeah. flashback. I'm just being weird, totally <laughs> sensitive. I'm fine. Then she just goes and walks upstairs. So, you know, back in Spencer's room there in Rally, Spencer is shocked to hear this story, surprised that Veronica never shared it with her. And then she's like, did you ever tell the police this? Well, well no, she's like, you never told this to the police? And Veronica's like, of course I did. But I made up my own mind about who went after her that night, and I kept that to myself. So we find out that basically what she's referring to is Jason. She talks about how Jason, how he went after them to expose Peter's father. Well, because she too. says, she says, "Who? Why, Mom? How could you not say anything?" And Veronica says, "Because if Jason went after us, exposing your father is his too. Yeah. Uh, it, it'd be my family breaking down in the middle of the night." Hmm. And Spencer's <laughs> like, "So you still think it's Jason?" 
And she's like, no, I don't. Not anymore. Starting to suspect about others. Starting to wonder about others. And Spencer kind of looks very nervous right now as she says this. And Veronica's like, I need to ask, is Toby not the person we thought he was? And Spencer, just she kind of just covers her mouth like she's starting to cry. And she just kind of like shakes her head a little and looks away. So to, to recap, though, basically, Veronica just assumed that Jason was physically abusing his sister that night. So NBD. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Would you really want to keep living there? Exactly. I mean, I mean how, well, like, you... how, how? Here's a real question: How did the cops never be like Jason? We've, uh, you know, have some witnesses say they they suspect you're abusing your sister. How do you feel about that? And he's just like, I was high the whole time. I don't know. And they're like, they're Okay, like, oh, that's you, you, you can go. Yeah. Well, why didn't you say that beforehand, Jason? Mm-hmm. Jesus, we're so sorry we bothered you. Um. <laughs> let's go back to seeing if like bigfoot might have you know kidnapped or killed alice and de Laurentiis. so at the apple rose grill caleb is putting that necklace on hannah um jamie comes back and it says that he needs to you know, bounce to go handle some work stuff because he just got fired yeah he's, he's like i gotta go caleb's like what right now just got fired hannah barely reacts at all she's just kind of like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and caleb's like what, what are you talking about and he's like Jamie says, it seems the wrong bell got hung up in the tower. I'm going to have to go f- down to the foundry and figure this out myself. And Caleb offers to come with, but uh, Jamie's like, no, finish your meal. And he kind of drops some cash for the bill. And he's like, I'll see you later. Yeah. Um. So back in Spencer's room at Radley, she listens at the door for someone to leave. And then she pulls the game board out from under her mattress. And she sits on the floor and starts like look over the path written out on it, and I it all feel seems like it's important to note that Spencer is essentially wearing street clothes right now. Yeah, she has slippers on, but like th- she's not in her usual like crazy bathrobe. Right, right. We'll, um, get, we'll get back to that later. So the path on the on the game board all seems to lead to like a star on the map. At one of the places, yeah. I mean, there's like various like paths going in different directions, but one of them leads to. Uh, just like a, a star within a star, like a gold star and a blue star. Hmm. So in the basement at the hospital, we see the elevator doors open and <laughs> out walks Aria, Hannah, and Emily in their candy striper uniforms. <laughs> so we had to ponder this before we recorded that. Did the girls keep their candy striper uniforms from before, minus Emily? Or do they just know where to snatch them perfectly in their sizes at the hospital? Well, I, I feel like they get them from the hospital. To me, what's funny, though, is you never see anyone else in the hospital wearing these. No. no. It's, it's like a room where they're like, they nobody's worn these outfits since 1972 or something. Right. They're just like sitting there. But I just love it. They they pick up, of course, the ones that fit them, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, so Hannah is like texting away on her phone. Emily's in charge and wants everyone on high alert here. Yeah. They kind of lay out the plan. Aria will text Emily. If she sees someone coming. Because so, Arya's going to be the lookout. Oh, of course. course she is. Yeah. yeah. They're using Hannah's phone to take the picture. And Hannah's just texting away. And Emily's just like, hey, pay attention. And Hannah says, I'm sorry. My boyfriend's dad got nailed for stealing. Where do you even sell a hot bell anyway? So Emily needs Hannah to focus. She doesn't want to be in there any longer than she has to. You know, find John Doe, get the picture, get out. And then Arya turns to Hannah for helpful advice and says, well, if it's bronze, you can probably melt it down first. <laughs> just the way she says it. She's like. Hannah, if it's bronze, you probably melt it down first. And Hannah's like, melt it into what? And, and Emily's just like, why are you discussing bells? <laughs> and it says, because Caleb thinks his dad is a saint. I know he's selling pieces of her church online. I really want the scene where Hannah and Arya have to go like in 
infiltrate like the uh the black market for like bronze scra- other the, scrap metals i want the scene where like emily marches in the spencer's office and says the next time you decide to go nuts put somebody else in charge <laughs> or he's uh, like holy shit you can get that much for a bronze bell brb <laughs> just imagine their disguises when they go undercover it's like yeah. bell fences just like roll up a shopping cart full of like copper she's like we totally found this somewhere we didn't steal it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ezra's like, where the hell's all the copper in my apartment? <laughs> um, so Emily sighs and takes Hannah inside the morgue of her where Arya stays at the lookout, which is LOL to me. Um, in the morgue, how are they going to know which one is John Doe? They're going to have to go through the racks of body bags. That's how. Yeah, and Hannah's like, uh, this isn't cl- clearance sale. And, like She's freaking out, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Emily's like, all, all we've done is walk through these doors. Like, chill the fuck out. And Hannah says, it doesn't matter. I smell dead people. Emily says, fine, just get your phone ready, okay? And so she gets up on a stepladder. She's kind of like checking the tags on various bodies. And Hannah's like, fine, I'll hold it, but you have to aim it. I just want to close my eyes. And she picks up like a bone saw and kind of like just, you know, ponders it. Then she has just an amazing monologue. A little monologue. Do you want to do it or should I? She says, this is so wrong. You spend your whole life doing crunches, getting rid of tan lines, not eating that second pudding. And in the end, you're just a stale loaf of bread laying on a rack. And Emily says, uh, hey, can you help, come help with this loaf? I can't find a tag. <laughs> and Hannah stops her. She's like, wait, wait, what if it really is Toby in there? And Hannah Emily's like, it's is, not. Spencer needs to know that. Hannah is so like existential in this scene. And I love that Emily, mm-hmm. this is more about Emily needs to be convinced than Spencer, you know? Yeah, and on Hannah's kind of, pondering what a morgue means while emily's trying as hard as possible to turn this into like a, a to-do checklist you yeah. know she, she's not even thinking about these things as bodies really yeah yeah um, but yeah so hannah's like look before you open that like what if it really is toby and she's like it's not spencer needs to know and she's like okay but just in case i don't know if i can handle seeing his face so can we just like look for his tattoo or something and emily's just like it's not toby yeah. And she says it so loud that outside Arya like hears this and kind of comes over and peeks in the window of the morgue, which is great because then we cut back inside and we get this awesome shot of uh, the two Emily and Hannah in the foreground, and then we can see the window to the morgue, like the yeah. window on the door in the background, with Arya's like creepy silhouetted hands and. Like, she's got like both hands on the yeah. window as she tries to look in and you're not gonna be able to see anything because it's like opaque glass well, i just kept watching that to like see like is another shadow gonna go by there like what's going on i'll never forget though when i when i watched this show when it was first on this episode when it was first on my initial thought was like man caleb is so ugly that hannah doesn't even want to see his face <laughs> um yeah so in the morgue we see that silhouette of aria which made me think of like you know like human size holes whenever people run through walls and cartoons by the way, you mean Toby is so ugly, not Caleb. Let's say Caleb. I'm sorry. Sorry, yeah. Caleb. I meant Toby. Sorry, I think everyone, bro. I think everyone knows that, that Toby's the ugly one. Um, so, yeah, get that silhouette. Emily starts to unzip the body bag. Hannah gets her phone ready to take a picture. Both girls are absolutely terrified of what they're going to find there. Yeah. And then outside, Arya kind of hears a noise down the hall and starts walking towards it. But then, ding, the elevator sounds behind her. And she spins around in... We can see this is one of those like hospitals that has those uh those mirrors like little like fisheye mirrors that hang up in the, to see around corners mm-hmm. like if you're pushing a gurney like if you ever been in a hospital you you you're probably yeah. familiar with this they have them in mini marts too uh, so she looks up in this she can see through the mirror 
that Red Coat has just stepped out of the elevator. He's just strolling out of the elevator. Yeah, it like, takes oh. about three steps and then presumably also looks up in the mirror and sees Arya and stops. And Red Coat turns around and goes right back into the elevator. And Arya like runs over there uh, to try to see who it was. But by the time she gets to the elevator, that's just closing and she can't see who. Yeah. So in the morgue, they unzip the, the bag and the, they find one of Allison's masks is covering the face of this body. Emily and Hannah both gasp. Well, because they both like kind of like zipped it open in a hurry. Like, we're going to do this. And, you know, like open it all at once. And there's this creepy fucking alley mask on this dead person's face. So Emily takes a breath. She pulls off the mask and it's just some dude. Yeah, it's not Toby. Just some, some dude who's dead. And Hannah, I think, does get the picture here. And then Hannah gets a text from Arya, like, nice work, Arya. You had one instruction. It was just a text, Emily, not Hannah. Yeah. Um, and so Emily zips up the body bag, and they, she leaves the mask on the table, and they run out of there. Mm-hmm. I like the, the absolute division of labor, though. Like, mm-hmm. don't don't text Hannah. She'll be taking the photo. Like, <laughs> we can't. our phones can't do two things at once, Arya. Nope. Um, so Spencer's room and rally the next day. Uh, Eddie Lamb locks the door, lets himself in, where Spencer's uh, reading Nine Stories by J.D. Salinger, and he says, hey, sunshine. Oh, like, you, you, they would never allow her to read that book in a middle You know why? Because today is a perfect day for banana fish. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, there's some good subtext here, and I'm not going to totally go into it because you should go read the Television Without Pity recap where Jacob Clifton does. But um, Salinger is Toby's favorite author. She's reading a Salinger book. Almost, it's like, is, is it to remember Toby? Is it to try to get inside of his head? Right. Um, but yeah. I remember Toby was reading Catcher in the Rye back in the Apple Rose Grill in season mm-hmm. one. Like an asshole. Um, yeah, so. everybody. <laughs> Spencer asked about the game that Eddie Lamb wanted to play yesterday. She heard it was one of Mona's favorite games. And so she asked who would play it with Mona. And Eddie's like, I don't recall. Mona like like to play a lot of games. Meta statement. Mm-hmm. And Spencer's like, yeah, but Ren, uh, Doctor Kingston, he said that she's obsessed with this one. And Eddie's like, well, he would know. Mm. And she's like, what is it with you and him? And he says, what do you mean? And she's like, Eddie, are you the person behind the trouble with the visitor passes? Did you let somebody in? Who? And Eddie's like, it wasn't me. Yeah. She says, was it Doctor Kingston? And he's like, take your pill. You know, you may be sleeping, but it doesn't look like you, it doesn't look like you've gotten any rest. Uh, and so Spencer's like, I won't tell anyone. And then he says, trust your instinct. Mine told me from the minute that guy got here, it wasn't for the right reasons. Let's just leave it with that, okay? And Spencer's hmm. face for a minute there is just like, holy crap, he's right. Ren is totally skeezy. <laughs> so she throws back her cup of pills. Eddie leaves. And after he's gone, Spencer like spits her pills back out. She goes over to her bed and she pulls a little plastic baggie that's hidden in her pillow out. And that's where she's been hiding her pills. Yeah. So she's not taking any of these pills, which I presume are like sleeping pills. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing um, they're sedatives. Because he's, he's saying like you may be sleeping, but it doesn't look like you've gotten any rest. So like they're trying to get her to like sleep for real. Yeah. Uh, I mean, her, her 72 hour evaluation is obviously up. Now they want her to rest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the front of the school, Hannah's doing homework, listening to music on these huge headphones. Um, Kayla comes out. Hannah is like cramming for algebra. She has a makeup test and a few. Well, Hannah's a senior. Algebra? Yeah. yeah, it's. I took algebra in eighth grade, just saying. And most people take it 
freshman year, sophomore year at the latest, I would guess. I guess you'd have to take a freshman year. I don't know what you could take below that in high school. Beginning algebra, maybe? Shit, I don't know. Well, there's um, pre-algebra and algebra. I don't know. I was always good at math, so I was, you know, whatever. Or the smart kids are taking, that's what I was You thinking. can't see it as much in this scene. It's You see it later. But under her jacket, Hannah is wearing what looks like a medieval leather tunic. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's and like a, has, a blacksmith's tunic. Yeah. She has, like, white pants on that have, like, Asian dragons all over them. Mm-hmm. Hannah straight up looks like a character from a Street Fighter game. <laughs> um. So Caleb sits down and starts instantly going in on how his dad is screwed. The foundry says there was no mix-up. They have a t- paper trail to prove it. And Hannah is just fairly distant. Well, she's just, like, well, maybe if your father spoke to the church committee and told them that, He's like, told them what? Why should he have to defend himself to a bunch of small-minded people who think someone is a thief just because they don't tuck in their shirt? Because that bro with the untucked shirt is looking a lot like a thief right now, Caleb. Yeah, and Hannah just kind of ignores this, and he's like, I'm sorry, did I press mute or something? Why are you being so quiet? And Hannah's like, I'm just listening. He says, you did a lot of that last night, too. And Hannah's like, I don't know what to say, Caleb. And he says, since when, Hannah? You have an opinion about everything, from Honey Boo Boo's haircut to the weird look the lunch lady gave you when you asked for butter on your corn. I want to hear more about the weird look the lunch lady gave her. Mm-hmm. And that Hannah, sounds like a, an interesting plotline. Hannah's like, look, I just don't think your dad has changed as much as you think he has. And he gives her this look like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so she tells him about the whole thing with the money and the church collection and the dice on it, and then she saw him use it later. It kind of fills him in on that whole story, and, and she's like, same Bill, Caleb. And he looks like he doesn't want to believe her, but he can't really argue either. He's just absorbing it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we cut to a karate dojo, where Arya comes in as a bunch of little kids are exiting in their karate pajamas. Um, Arya looks slightly terrified at children. She's just like, well, eee. Let's point out the fact that it's funny. These kids are probably seven or eight, like Malcolm. Mm-hmm. They're only, like, maybe a foot shorter than Lucy Hale. <laughs> I mean, damn. Well, I, Lucy I Hale is in, a... in Seinfeld when the, the Karate Kids beat up Kramer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lucy Hale, by the way, uh, knee-high boots. A uh, You can't really tell because she's got a black jacket, like black leather jacket with like big zippers on over it. But she's wearing like this very proper like schoolgirl dress. Like a baby doll like, dress. Almost. It comes down to her like thighs and it has like a little like lace collar on it. It's very prim and proper. When, like. On top of the boots, like big Argyle socks. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes up to the teacher, says that she's here to pick up Malcolm. The teacher's just like, oh, no no worry. Malcolm's already been picked up like five minutes ago. And Ari's like, oh, so Maggie was able to make it. And the teacher's like, oh, no, it was a friend, Aria Montgomery. Well, she's like, oh, no, it was a friend. Uh, and she like, looks at a clipboard, and she's like, Aria Montgomery. And Ari's like, uh, and the lady's like, something wrong? And Ari's like, no, everything's fine. Thanks. So she that, goes to Malcolm's. That's a normal way to react to that. Yeah, she goes to Malcolm's cubbyhole where there's a flyer for that carnival, the Shiguro yes. Carnival. Yeah. The A is circled. In the carnival. A in carnival is circled, and Arya's just like, oh, shit. Yeah. Lucy Hale, let's just once again admire her for her incredibly agile and expressive face. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we cut to the scariest fucking puppet show ever. Okay, so <laughs> this is a puppet show. It's a Faust. Yeah. They're just, which I, I realize that like in, in olden German times, they would do puppet shows of Faust. But still, this is like the creepiest gothic puppets you've ever seen in your life. It They're doing Faust, apparently. And all the kids and the adults in the audience 
are laughing their fucking heads off like it's the funniest fucking thing they've ever seen in their entire life. Yeah, yeah like, like it, they're, they're, they're just like Superman or something. Here. They're falling into the aisles laughing and and giggling about how amazingly funny the Faust puppet show is. Yeah, and then we see it's Malcolm. so surreal. Yeah, these giant garish wooden puppets. We see Malcolm there. Mm-hmm. He's having the greatest time of his little life. He's holding a ticket and a bucket of popcorn in his hand. And then we see that somebody in a black hoodie and wearing black gloves next to him is reaching over and getting some of his popcorn. Yeah. Because Faust. Of course, A is going to eat your fucking popcorn. Oh, yeah. Faust, if, uh, if you were unaware, hadn't felt like visiting Wikipedia to find out. It's a story about, uh, I like the way Jacob Clifton puts it the best. It's about the irony of making a deal with the devil and then realizing that you've made a deal with the devil. Yeah. So Faust is like somebody who sells his soul to uh, Mephistopheles. Am I saying that right? Also, I, like there's I believe syllable, actually, syllables I'm missing in there. I believe it's actually prefer, uh, pronounced Arya Montgomery. That's true. Yeah, makes it sells his soul to Mephistopheles in order for like knowledge and power, you know, whatever, but only for a certain amount of time, and then has to come to grips with it. The one of those last couple Radiohead albums has a bunch of Faustian themes to mm-hmm. it. In rainbows. Um, so yeah, what, whenever you hear anyone say a Faustian bargain, I mean, a deal with the devil. Yeah, basically. Um, it's very on the nose for these these episodes of PLO. So well, very the on the nose for this particular episode and a certain character. Yeah. Uh-huh. At the <laughs> carnival at night, Arya enters. She's passing by these like giant clowns. There's a lot of fucking people dressed like clowns. terrifying. There's, there's weird clown masks. There's like just other masks of like... Like there's old... The- Plague Doctor masks? Exactly, yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. weird long noses. Plague and... Doctors, those masks creep me the fuck out. Well, and it very much do. has that, like, there's, like, all this kind of, like, energy and noise at the carnival, and it's 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 agitating, you know, yeah. as, she, as she's kind of running through these people looking around for Malcolm. And there's, like, it's... booths, you know, where you can do, I don't know, water toss yeah. or, like, ALS ice water challenges or something. Who knows? Um, so, of course, she runs into Ella. Well, she's looking around frantically, and then we just hear Arya, and she turns, yeah. and there's Ella. And she's like, oh, what are, you, what are you doing here? And Arya's like, oh, I came to meet up with Ezra and Malcolm. And Ella says, is Maggie here too? And Arya's like, I don't know, maybe. So Ella starts in with, honey, we talked about this. I know you want to make this work. And Arya clearly does not want to talk about this. Arya's like looking around the whole time, like so trying to get away from Ella. Moving her head, like trying to get back in Arya's eyeline. And she's just like, Arya. You are going to be the one who ends up getting hurt, not to mention a confused little boy wondering who, who this stranger is with his father. He needs help working through this, but not from you. Malcolm already has somebody looking out for him. And I was really like worried because I was just thinking to myself, like, Ella, you're going to blow it. Your yeah. whole thing here is going to, you're going to blow it. You're pushing too hard. Don't worry, Ella. She's not listening at all. Yeah. So Arya says, uh, she sees what looks like A with Malcolm in the distance. Well, it's, it, you know, Black Hoodie character with Malcolm and, uh, Malcolm is holding this like big white balloon with like a little glowing like glow stick in the bottom of it, making it glow. And so that'll that'll be the visual that Arya's gonna follow here. So like, she she yells, "Gotta go!" and runs past Ella. Yeah. I mean, like, what only thing would have made this scene better, uh, <laughs> Oliver Goldstick, is if somehow like Arya like pushes Ella over <laughs> just to run. <laughs> so she gets to where they were, but they're already gone. So you know, she's just like left looking around. Yeah, she's she's chasing down that white balloon, uh, and there's you know, all these people in front of her trying to push around. And she's also very short, so probably can't see things very well. Right, she's like looking at a lot of people's like you know she's like nipple level to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Meanwhile, at Rally at night, Ren is walking through the halls. He comes up to the nurse's station where I believe this is Sybil, right? Sybil the nurse, it could be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had heard Mona talk about Sybil, but this is the only nurse we ever saw like interact Actually, with Mona. According to the wiki, and who knows if this is accurate, it says Nurse Lisa. So maybe it's not Sybil. I don't know. So there was there was this short blonde nurse, and then there was the one that kept like staring in the window in the Halloween special. Mm-hmm. So I guess we never saw who Sybil was. I always assume this was Sybil, which is a great name for a nurse at a mental hospital. For sure. Uh, uh, but yeah, nurse's station where Sybil is working and Eddie's standing there. And Eddie Lamb says to Sybil or whoever that he'll be right back. He wants to drop this book off of the patient in room 217, which is Spencer. The book is Franny and Zoe by J.D. Sound. <laughs> If it's possible there is a book even more inappropriate to give to somebody in a mental institution yeah. than nine stories, it's this one. Yeah. Um, it's all about like somebody having a nervous breakdown. So Ren is sitting at the desk there, like doesn't look up from his charge, and he's like before Eddie can leave, he's like, What is that? Oh he, oh, he says it like kinda coldly. He's like, What is that? And he's like, A book. The patient was asking for it earlier, so and Ren says, Yes, well that patient needs her rest. He can give it to Spencer tomorrow. And he's like, well, I'm I'm off tomorrow. And he's like, all right, well, I'll give it to her. And he just holds his hand out. Well, this is the first time he lifts his head and looks up at Eddie. Mm-hmm. And then he says, we're not having the same problem again, are we, Eddie? Oh, what's happening here? Well, and I feel like there is an element. I mean, I don't know if we mentioned before. Eddie's black. And there is this feeling that they kind of treat him like fucking dirt. You know? I'm going to keep calling this woman Sybil because I don't, I don't know otherwise. But I like the fact that she never looks up no she just ignores the whole she's just like these two bros have some issues it's best i don't make eye contact with these like ren comes off like extra asshole-ish with this guy yeah yeah. like he's just treating him like garbage like you're the help you know oh i feel like ren spends a lot of his life looking for like young girls to scam on Mm -hmm. and like who can he actually boss around (laughs) yeah I don't know. Um, I like Eddie. Eddie seems like a cool guy. But yeah, we're not having a problem again, are we, Eddie? Well, that's the nice thing about... Do you have the actor's name who plays Eddie? Uh, I can get it. It is Reggie Austin. Like, the scenes that he has, especially like Troy and Belisario, are amazing. Like, they have such a great rapport. There's nothing, like, improper. It really feels like a, mm-hmm. a respectful friendship. I mean, they'll tease each other. They're playful. But yeah, it, he just seems like a decent guy. I mean, I have a, a theory about this guy. Uh, no spoilers or anything. Just like, I f- if if I were to kind of like write a backstory for this guy, it would be like this guy either has or had like a younger sister mm-hmm. who's in a mental hospital, or maybe she died or something like that. Like I feel like this guy tends to befriend the young woman here, but in like a brotherly way, not in a creepy way or anything. Right. And maybe gets a little too attached to them. Right. Just you know, and like is working you know, giving... there is his kind of therapy too. Yeah. So basically, he's like in so many different ways. He's the anti-Ren. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, so we cut to Arya running through the carnival. She runs up to this one gross-looking kid. It's not Malcolm. Is it me? Or does this kid have like one of those like Gwen Stacy hair things in his hair? Gwen Stacy hair thing. Like, does he not have like a hair thing? Oh, like a, yeah, no, he does have something. The fuck his... is in that kid's hair? I don't, I don't know what it is, but he also has one of those big white balloons that's glowing. So, but nope, that's not Malcolm. So Arya has to look around again. So at Hannah's house, uh, Hannah and Caleb are there. Hannah is just there to pick up some more things for school. Um, I like that Hannah packed like three bags worth of clothes, but nothing for <laughs> school. Um, so remember, Ashley doesn't want her to come back to the house by herself. So Caleb's mm-hmm. there like checking shit on his phone. He hasn't heard anything from his uncle daddy. So for all Caleb knows, Jamie is gone. 
Yeah, you already skipped town as far as Caleb knows. And Hannah's like, uh, look, I spoke to my mom. Um, uh, she says, you know, it's it's not up to her. I'm sorry, my notes are terrible here. Hmm. Caleb says, you know, cuts her off and says, it's yeah. not up to Ashley or anyone else to save Jamie. So I, then the doorbell it, it, rings. Yeah, it's not up to Ashley, Hannah, or him to dig Jamie out of this. Then the door rings, Caleb gets it. It's Jamie. Mm-hmm. He says he was on his way to Caleb's, which is where exactly I don't know. Exactly, exactly. Uh, he saw Caleb's car parked out front, so he stopped by. And he says he's been making phone calls, trying to track down the guy who did the drywall to see if he can help. And Caleb's like, "Help with what? Back up your story. What's his cut?" Jamie doesn't like this attitude, and he, Hannah. He, Jamie doesn't like it so much that his Australian accent starts to slip in. Yeah, and Hannah tries to stop Caleb from doing this. It's funny, is this scene is basically different entry points but it's basically that scene that between ezra and his mom and are yeah. watching you know only like hannah i don't know caleb's doing this for the right reasons maybe um whereas well, ezra so, who knows yeah jamie sees like what and hannah says caleb don't do this right now and he says you should listen to your girlfriend and caleb says oh i am and i believe her and she says this isn't the first time you've stolen from that church and jamie says what are we talking about here he says, we aren't even talking. We're done. And Jamie says, last night you were my defender. What happened? And Caleb says, I woke up and I realized this isn't the first time you screwed me over. And Jamie says, oh, I see. I'm still that person, huh? Somehow you managed to forgive your mother's sins. Don't suppose it's got anything to do with that fancy car she tossed at you. That has nothing to do with this. Are you sure about that, Caleb? I feel like it maybe has something to do with this. I think it has a lot to do with it. Yeah. And Jamie says, maybe not. It's got to be easier to point a finger at somebody with a rusty pickup and no permanent address. Yeah. Isn't that all the proof you needed? So are we potentially going to be losing out on the Uncle Daddy Jamie and Toby spinoff? Do we need one? Just two bros traveling traveling the roadways, doing carpenter work, and then moving on? Where somehow Toby's still the more experienced carpenter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's like a banjo theme song. Oh, yeah. Oh. So we think Toby's dead right now. He's actually... In like Philadelphia, pitching plans for like the new art museum. Yeah, yeah, he's designed some plans. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so James, d- do you want to do the monologue here, or should I? Well, uh, I have, I have some of it. So you know, Jamie says basically the fact that he's a poor piece of shit must be all the proof Caleb needed. Mm-hmm. And he tries to leave, but Caleb like shuts the door, keeping him there. And he says, "All the proof that I needed were the ratty hand-me-downs I had as a kid." Remember the winter coat that ended in my elbows and the unsigned permission slips and the social workers. Give some more emotion here. And the social workers and the foster families that slapped doors in my face when they were tired of looking at me. That is my proof. Jamie's oh like, man, Tyler Blackburn, he's he's really reaching reaching far into his heart for the emotion. He slammed doors in my face when they were tired of looking at me. Yeah, yeah. I, it's almost like he's he's almost reached like the high orbit of like like exceeding his range, but it's kind of hard to totally take him seriously with his hair. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Jamie's just like he nods. He's like, "Yeah, well, when you put it that way, uh, I guess I wouldn't believe me either." He leaves. Well, there's days when I wonder like who puts more shit in their hair, like Hannah or Caleb. Definitely Caleb. Yeah. Um. So back at the carnival, Arya's on the phone with Emily, and Arya says, "Should I call the police?" And Emily's like, "Yes." Unless you think it'll make it worse. Which says, yes, wait, unless you think it'll make it worse. And Harry's like, worse? What's worse? Ace got Ezra's kid. And Emily on the phone is she's like, I'm just saying, you saw them. Malcolm wasn't hurt. But if you call the cops, A might. And Harry's like, don't, just don't. I swear something happens to that little boy because of me. I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, it's great because the camera just keeps spinning around Arya, mm-hmm. like frantically. Yeah. Um, and Emily's like, well, look, why don't you walk over to the police station and report it? I'll meet you there in 10 minutes. 
And so Arya hangs up, but then she happens to look over and she spots a, that white glowing balloon. It's tied to a statue right next to the sign for the uh, world-famous puppets of Faust. And Arya's like, like a tent there. oh, I've always wanted to see that. And she's like, oh, I've always been into Faust. That's something pretentious people like. I'll, I'll, go, I'll just I'll turn go off the stream for Malcolm for a minute and I'll go watch mm-hmm. this puppet show. That makes sense. Um, so inside the puppet show, the place is empty. Arya comes inside where she finds Malcolm there in a chair. He is staring forward like he's in a daze, like eyes locked on the puppet mm. of like the devil and the girl. He's eating a uh, ice cream cone. Yeah. And he says... And, and Oh, I like how uh, Arya kind of like, she sees this and she like suddenly gets a little cautious and kind of like moves to the side a little and she's just like, Malcolm? Well, he looks like he's possessed. Yeah. And he's like, there's going to be another show. The man outside said so. I'm early. He's eating an ice cream, and Ari sits with Malcolm, and she's like, "You know, I was supposed to pick you up from your karate class, right?" And yeah, we like, need to have a discussion about stranger danger. He's like, "But your friend picked me up, picked me up instead." She said her name was Allison. <laughs> oh, perfect! And Ari's just like, "Oh uh, shit!" Well done, eh? Yeah, yeah. So Ari takes Malcolm and says that you know his dad is probably wondering where they are, and yeah, she's she totally freaked out now. Yeah, so she leads him away, and there's a cool shot where we're kind of watching them leave from the back of the tent that they're in. And one of the puppet hands just kind of like raises up like it's waving. Yeah, there's his like arm to rape, wave goodbye. Mm-hmm. So at the police station, Emily shows up. Right as she walks in, she gets a text from Arya that says, I found him. He's fine. I'm a basket case. Call you later. I like how Arya acknowledges that she's a basket case. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this is go down in the history books. I like the way, though, she doesn't spell out the, the word you. It's just mm-hmm. a letter U. And there's like a quotation the mark. Quota- yeah. There's a closed quote for no reason because there's no open quote. That bothered me when I was transcribing. But I, I, I took it as like, oh, yeah, she is a basket case. Mm-hmm. This is probably like drive yeah. Arya nuts all night. So just as Emily like drops her phone, you know, down from her eyesight, Pam sees her and she's like, what are you doing here? And she's basically like, look, like you can't be here. I, I know you want answers, but you can't be doing this. Go home. We'll talk about this later. And it seems like very busy right now. Like yeah. a lot of people walking around. Emily's like, what's up? Why are you working late? And Pam's just like, go, look, go home. I'll call you later. You know? well, she, she sees that Pam is carrying a box that says missing persons on it. Mm-hmm. Like a big file box. Yeah. So back to Radley. It's nighttime. Spencer kind of peeks out and exits her room. She's in a kind of very simple, like white. She's uh, wearing the kind of nightgown. Like nightgown, yeah. That you would only wear in ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So she's kind of creeping around. She's counting out steps to herself. And she's memorized like where she needs to go. Eventually she gets to like the dark children's ward part of Riley where it's all like there's like cobwebs and there's like wind for some it, reason. Yeah, there's bad lighting and a breeze. She starts mm-hmm. to hear what sounds like a girl humming in the distance. <laughs> she, so she gets to the band where the one that uh, Hannah and Arya found. Remember, uh, Miss Arya, you're a killer, not as yeah. your wife. So it's like it's like maternity ward stuff. There's like cribs and things. And of course, when she gets inside this place, who's there? It's Allison. Allison. Yeah, sitting on the floor with a bunch of records, like vinyl records. Well, Allison has like braids in her hair to make her look even younger than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's holding one of the records in particular, and she says, "Didn't your mother have this?" And Spencer says, "Your mother." And Allison <laughs> says, "Really? I must have left it at your house and didn't get it back. I left a lot of stuff there." Uh, if you're wondering, it's Dion Warwick's "Soulful" is the record, mm-hmm. which uh, is, I believe, the one that has "I'm Your Puppet" on it. Oh yeah, we're about to hear it. Yeah. Um, so, and then Allison says, is it just me or was sixth grade the best year ever? 
And she gets up to put the record on, and Spencer says, I didn't even know you then. Mm-hmm. And then Allie delivers the most awesome line she's ever given, I think. She says, oh, honey, you didn't even know me when you knew me. Yes. So she gets up and she puts on that record, The Animal Ricks, I'm Your Puppet. She asks Spencer to dance. She holds out her hand and she says, come on, give it up, Spence. Let's pretend you're getting ready for your first boy-girl dance. Yeah, first boy-girl dance party. And so they they start to dance. It's This scene is like so insane and wonderful. Like I love that this is what Spencer hallucinates. Yeah, this is uh, it's her, her dancing with the girl that she like hated and also loved, you know. Um, so they they start dancing to "I'm Your Puppet" and it's a, a kind of the old fashioned slow dancing, mm-hmm. rocking back and forth. And Allie says, "No one ever tells you that the practice is so much better than the real thing." And Spencer just looks lost here. Yeah, and she says, "Was it Toby? Was he the one who gave you that bloody lip?" And Allie's like, "Toby, oh sweetie, girls fight much dirtier than boys. I'm lucky she didn't leave a scar." So Allison touches her lip here, where the mm-hmm. scar, where the cut was, and then Spencer touches her lips as well. In the same place, yeah. And Spencer yeah. says, "She, who?" And Allie says, "You stop dancing." And Spencer's like, "I don't, I don't want to dance." Allie says, "I'll change the song." And Spencer says, "No, I can't. I haven't slept in three days." And Allie's like, "Come on." And Spencer's like, "I'm looking for something. The star on Mona's game board." And Allie's like, like, "Oh, that. It's in there." And she kind of like nods over to a door. Mm-hmm. So Spencer heads to there as Allison follows her. She gets into this like little room, more just maternity horror. Mm-hmm. And she sees a little like rocking horse there on the floor. And there on the side of it, just below the saddle, is a star. Mm-hmm. Um, so she kneels down. She's able to pull the head off the horse. And inside, and she Allie's finds... just like watching this from the, uh, the doorway. doorway. Yeah. Inside is a nurse's hat, and then a, she finds a badge for Rally Sanitarium with Mona's picture on it with the name Allie D, like D-E-E, <laughs> on it. Yeah, the nurse's hat was the one Mona wore in, uh, in five, or 312. And so. then she also finds a visitor's guest pass for one C.C. Drake, issued by Dr. Wren Kingston. And then we hear, Spencer? Because Wren is right there in the doorway now. Allison is gone. The music and, fades away. The dream is over. And he's just like, what are you doing here? And they just stare at each other. And he gives her, you know, like whenever a TV show wants to give you that red herring that this mm-hmm. this guy is the menace. Yeah. Whenever they do that, the guy that. gives like the extra super hard look. Yeah, Ren's doing mm-hmm. that. But I mean, just to back out to that that dance between Allie and Spencer, I, I love that it's like this is, you know, seemingly in Spencer's head. But it, it feels so Allie true to life, you know, that you didn't even know me when you knew me. Allie being cryptic. It's like Spencer's just trying to, like, work out in her brain, like, what, what happened. And it, at least according to, to Spencer's reasoning, it wasn't Toby. It was a girl who did this, or who gave uh, Allie that fat lip. Well, I love that she's, like, subconsciously answering her own questions in a mm-hmm. way. Um, it. it- feels like other real like you really but it's funny as you take from this one of those things it's like it's spencer's hallucination none of it may be true but you really like later on i think in the show you want to find out that a girl gave her that fat lip or whatever you know like you want to take it as gospel well and this is one of those things where it's like yes this isn't a a realism here but the metaphor is so strong Mm -hmm. and everything's happening like it's fun on so many levels all this kind of psychological 
uh, issues between Allie and Spencer. Like, I don't know. I really enjoy when they do stuff like this on the show. Well, you said like she hated her. She loved her. She wanted her gone. They had nasty Mm -hmm. words for each other the night she disappeared, but she's devoted like two years of her life to basically hunting down her killer. Oh, and then dancing with her as I'm your puppet plays because Spencer still feels like she's Allie's puppet. And she is still being controlled, even though Allie's dead. Yeah. I mean, this scene is perfect. And and on, easily on par in a much different way with her Spencer's you know group therapy session at the end of the yeah, last yeah. episode. Um, so meanwhile at the Apple Rose Grill, Ezra's outside on his phone. He has sweater. His, his sweater has elbow patches on it. I just want to point that out. On well, and as he's on the phone, the uh, the kind of propulsive strings of uh, new life changes are playing on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of anticipation music. Arya's staring at him as she's inside. Yeah, it's like she's coming to a decision, and the soundtrack is singing "Runaway Heart, Runaway My Heart." You know, well, as the music tells you, she's thinking big thoughts while she watches him. So Ezra mm-hmm. gets off the phone, comes back inside, he sits down, and he's just like, "So you're Malcolm's new hero?" And she's <laughs> like, "Like, like she might have just pooped her pants." Yeah, he's like, "Uh, what did he say?" And apparently, not much. He mumbled something about puppets and fell right to sleep. And Arya's like, huh. I mean, can you imagine, like, the alternative? He's just like, oh, mommy, Faust. <laughs> and Maggie's just like, crucify her. Yeah, Ezra's drinking a beer, by the way. Also, look at Arya's giant fucking ring. That is, oh, that does she is have a, a giant ring on? That's one of her straight-up ring pop rings. Um, so Holy Maggie, shit, that thing's gigantic. Look, look at that thing. Yeah, seriously. Like, the Pope doesn't have rings that big. Yeah. Maggie asked Ezra to pass along her thanks. And uh, Ezra says, you know, keep spoiling like this. And I don't think he'll want to go with anyone else. And Arya, her face says, okay, I have to do this. Because she uh, she says, Ezra, I don't think I can do this anymore. Well, he's just like, oh, Arya, I was kidding. You don't actually have to. And she's just like, no, Ezra, I was saying, I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah. And he he gives her this look like, they come again i don't understand yeah what? what what do you mean and she's like it isn't just the two of us now and eventually someone's gonna wind up hurt i'd rather it be me that's i just effort. need to go home yeah um and he's just like well now let me get a waitress and she's like no you finish yeah. i'm gonna walk i think the air will be good for me well it's like ezra she just broke up with you but you don't seem to realize that yet. you know in Arya is like writing her perfect like romantic fiction breakup here like, I'd rather is me that guy. Yeah. I think the air will be good. I don't think I can do this anymore. And he's just like, hey, I've had these days. I promise that things will be different in the morning. And she looks at him like, God, you're fucking clueless. <laughs> oh, and he, he leans in and he kisses her on the cheek as she, like, stares blankly ahead. And then, like, gives, like, this really robotic smile. Like, ha ha. And then she gets up and she walks out. And it seems like she's going to be overcome for emo- with emotion for a second, but then she kind of masters it and leaves. Like, no tears. Like, that's how you know this is serious, Ezra. Like, Arya... She, yeah, she's she, resolute. Yeah. yeah. Well, I like that. She's done. Like, she was actually done, like, probably, like, a day or two ago. He he doesn't try to kiss her on the lips, because I think he probably knows that if he does, she'll turn her head. Yeah. So he's he's doing everything to, like, act like clueless. If he doesn't get it, they're still in a relationship. I do really love this scene. Uh, I'm not a, an Ezria fan, and I, or I'm not not a fan either. But I, mean, I just like I like the love. breakup they're, moment. You know, destined beautiful, gorgeous love. I just like the way Arya dumped him, even though he didn't seem to realize it. Yeah, that's pretty good. 
Um, so meanwhile, back at Rally in that creepy children's ward, Spencer, oh, we see in this children's ward, there's like in the background, there's like cobwebs and it possibly like a dead plant. Yeah. Like tree or, I don't know, man, this place looks like frightening. Yeah. It looks, it looks, it looks like, like a scene from a, a fucking Silent Hill game or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, Spencer asked Rand how many times CC Drake visited Mona and he says that he wouldn't know. And she's like, yes, you would, Ren. You authorized yeah. it. And uh, he says, uh, and I was almost suspended for it. Mona was under restrictions at the time. No visitors. And, and she like, says, and you broke the rules because? Ren says that CC called him and was uh, desperate to, to help Mona. Well, because he, he sits down now. He's got to be serious. Like, CC called me and was desperate to help her. She thought she could help, you know, she thought she could help Mona. And Spencer's like, help her with what? And Ren says, recover the psychic wounds inflicted by your late friend, Allison. Which I really, I love that phrase, psychic wounds. I, I tried so hard to find a, a place to put that in my video. Mm-hmm. Just because uh, psychic wounds inflicted by your late friend, Allison. Do you want to plug your video one more time? Uh, Sure. Go. I don't even know. How do you find it? I don't know. Go to our website page, com slash blog, and you'll see a link there. Or hop um, onto the YouTubes, and mm-hmm. uh, it's Pretty Little Liars, The Ecstasy of Gold, right? Yeah, if you do search for Pretty Little Liars, The Ecstasy of Gold, I'm sure you'll find it. But so, uh, Psychic Wounds, and Spencer's like, you sure it wasn't the other way around? And Rin says, quite sure. Allison pulled some stunt at a frat party that got Cece kicked out of university. So that's that's how Cece, Cece apparently got kicked out of UPenn, didn't graduate. Yeah. And Spencer's um, like, Allie got Spencer kicked, or got CC kicked out of school. And so he Ren says, says, yeah, she came out the other side. Yeah. The other side of the porn industry. Mm-hmm. Ren says that CC thought that she could serve as a role model for Mona. <laughs> and Spencer's like, well, how did CC even know that Mona was in here? To which Ren says, Melissa called her. It always comes back to Melissa. Always. The Melissa well is, is plentiful. Well, because like, you were really gearing up for like, oh, like CC is, is red code or CC's A now. But then well, the Melissa thing is like big old wrench in the plan. Well, I think first you're, you're gearing up for it to be Ren. Mm-hmm. You know, and we'll get into to why in this episode in a minute. But yeah, you think it's Ren. Then you're thinking, oh, God, it could be Cece. And then, yeah, right back to Melissa. So we got to Emily's room. The shot's really interesting because when we see Pam come into the doorway and where she's standing, it looks like Emily's room is really dark and the hallways was well lit. The room is obviously lit up and just other parts, though. So she she asks if Hannah's home. Emily says no. She's out with Caleb. Uh, Emily, Pam, Pam looks very concerned, and, and Emily can tell. She's like, "Mom, what's going on? Why she's are we, very grave. Yeah. Why are we carrying that missing persons file?" She said that she promised to share everything with Emily, but she has to be sure that Emily won't share us with her friends. To that point, she she wants. Can Emily's I have phone. your phone? Yeah, Emily's like, "What?" It's very sensitive info. It can't get out before the police wanted to, or basically, it's going to be Pam's ass. Yeah. So, so she, she takes the phone from Emily. They sit down it, by the bench by the window. Pam says they found another body. Early this evening, a young man, late teens, early 20s, no identification. And Emily finally starts to look scared now. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, how could they not know who it was? And Pam's just like, there was significant trauma to the body. Emily, it's going to take some time before they're certain. We'll know more tomorrow morning. And see, that's, it's not really trauma, though. It's just that an unfortunate man's face. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Emily. The autopsy to- report says, actually, it was just his face. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that held us up for weeks. Um, mm-hmm. 
Emily looks like she's about to break down in tears. The police will know more tomorrow. I like that it'll be a while before they're certain, but the police will know more tomorrow. Yeah. And then Pam's just like, anyway, thought she'd know that later. Yeah. Peace out. Um, the camera kind of like pulls back through the window as we see Emily mm-hmm. like breaking down. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we cut back to Rosewood Main Street where Hannah and Caleb are sitting outside having just gotten coffee. This is an interesting scene just because not only do you see in the background like them breaking down the carnival, you also see that they're not far from the Diva Dish. Oh, yeah. That's CeCe's shop. Yeah, I don't right, think, right on Main Street here. I don't think it's named, except for right now, in season three, but it is the Diva Dish. That's where mm-hmm. CeCe worked. Um, and uh, they've got some coffee in front of them. They're like out in front of a coffee shop. And Caleb says, or they're, they're sitting in silence at first, and then Hannah's just like, do you want to maybe take a walk or something? And Caleb says, I feel stupid. And says, you gave someone a second chance. That's never stupid. And Caleb's just like, God, we, you know, we talked about this road trip we were going to go take, like ride bikes, go out west. He's already mapping it out. And Hannah says, we can take a trip sometime. I know it's not the same, but, and Caleb kind of interrupts her. He's like, it'll be better. I'll be with someone I know is looking out for me. So he goes inside to get himself. Well, they, they, a little, little smoochy there, you yeah. know, so they're, they're not mad at each other and. Yeah, he goes inside to get a refill on the coffee. Because they're outside the brew. And then mm-hmm. the, the church bell starts ringing. And then Hannah gets a text. It's, and the text says, hear that? It's the sound of your mistake. When you want the bell back, give me a ring. Hey. Oh, it's excellent. And Hannah's face just says, fuck. Well, and they zoom in on Hannah's face, that, that fuck. Look, and the bell just keeps ringing. Mm-hmm. And Caleb comes out. And he's, he's, Hannah's just like holding up the phone. So he kind of like can see what's on the phone. And he reads a text looking over her shoulder. And his face just says, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well done, A. This, this is one of the best, uh, little pranks I think A's done. Like, I mean, this one like took a while. A was setting this up apparently for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, how do you steal a bell? That's fucking heavy. Wait, first shit. A had to like plant the suspicion about yeah. Jamie right. to Hannah. And then, to follow three later and make them look guilty and just like waiting and waiting for it to pay off. I remember when I watched this, it never crossed my mind before this moment that A had done it. You know, I don't know why. I just I never thought A was involved at all. And then when it happened, I was just like, "Oh, A, you, you for, magnificent bastard! How, how how could I have ever doubted you? Of course it was you." For for penultimate episode, there's a lot of really good payoff in mm-hmm. this episode but it's it's interesting though because i guess like you said a probably planted the doubt with the lucky dice bill mm-hmm. and, and then just bided their time i be assume they're just thinking like at some point something will come up and i can frame this guy <laughs> and it'll be good but like this is goddamn perfect to seal the spell and to have this moment where all this well, went down and wait to the actual the new replacement church bell starts ringing or seemingly like maybe broke into the foundry and like swapped out the bell or something like that you know like so How? there's a, a paper mean, trail and everything be, the bell's gotta be tons hey <laughs> you're magnificent like the cia should be hiring you whoever yeah. you are um mona's just like man that was really worth it yeah and to time it all with the bell just starts ringing <laughs> yeah fucking showmanship right there um so at aria's house nice shot as we pull back from the fire to see aria and hannah sitting on the couch talking aria's holding hannah's phone and aria's like so basically a was framing jamie the whole time in case you didn't get it in the audience Mm -hmm. um so they realize that the bill from the collection box must have been planted by a and And hannah's just like caleb is never gonna forgive me 
And so Caleb's off trying to find Jamie. But even if he does find him, what is he supposed to tell him? And Arya's face is just like, that's rough. She's like, well, yeah, uh, she's, you know, you may just have to find a way to tell him the truth. Caleb is familiar with the workings of A. And Hannah says, so is Ezra. Do you plan on telling him who bought his kid a big fat balloon today? Just then. Although, although I don't, Ezra doesn't know about the new A, right? No, I don't, I don't believe so. he does. Yeah, I don't think so. Caleb knows, does, but yeah, yeah, he knows about everything. You know, seasons one and two, yeah, or some yeah. version of it. Yeah. So just then, just Emily then. Knox comes rushing in. She looks frantic. Couldn't she, have called, obviously, because her mom took her phone away. She says it was the wrong body. The one in the mask was not the right body. Hiker, yeah. no. Toby, yes. Yeah, Jane Doe, the one in the mask. That's the wrong one. They just found a body tonight in a shallow grave out in the woods, exactly where Spencer said it was. They found her purse close by. I suspect that these girls are going to have to put the candy striper outfits back on. Perhaps. Perhaps. It's time to go back to the morgue, ladies. Oh, yeah. I love these girls. Like, they don't... Like, waiting for the cops to confirm this is too late. They need to go figure it out themselves. Cops are just an inconvenience for the liars. Seriously. So, Radley, Spencer is in her nightgown again. She's staring out the window in her room. And then she walks over to her little pillowcase. And she pulls the pills out. And, you know, like, sets them down. The one she's been stashing. Then she pulls in the bigger item out, something that's black. Mm. And some cloth. She unfolds it. And we see, hey, that's a black hoodie. She looks at that. And then we, we get a, a voiceover. And she's also, she pulls out two tickets that we'll see are tickets to the Faust puppet show. Mm-hmm. And we hear Mona in voiceover from the last episode saying, look at all that's happened to you since you turned me down on our little drive up the mountain. But I believe in second chances. And then as Spencer's contemplating this uh, incriminating evidence, we hear Spencer in voiceover say, you don't have to ask me again, Mona. I'm in. And we see a very... Spencer is A! Determined look on her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Spencer's A. All the stuff of kidnapping Malcolm that was her. Pretend to be Arya, then pretend well, to be Allison. Let, let's let's wrap up the, the A tag and then get to that, yeah. Okay. Uh, a tag is, it's the morgue, a coroner's rolling another body in. Uh, and he kind of, you know, parks the body, takes his chart, and then we kind of zoom in on the body. It's covered in a sheet, but uh, helpfully, the area on the, like, the hip thigh where Caleb has his nine oh one. You know, no, you did it. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where Toby has his nine oh one free last tattoo. We zoom in on that. We see that there is that tattoo there, but it appears to be smudging away as though it's just regular old ink and not tattoo ink. So Toby's not dead. Hmm. Okay. So th- there's very, very cleverly done to kind of hide what Spencer's doing in this episode. Um. Mm-hmm. The thing I liked, and, and this is in the, the T-WAP recap, he kind of points out how smart this is, that scene where Eddie and Ren kind of get into it over the, the Franny and Zoe book that he wants to deliver, like, when that scene happens, we're left with the impression that, hey, we that was a Spencer scene, but we didn't actually see Spencer in it. We hadn't right. actually seen Spencer for quite a while, because she was right. out kidnapping Malcolm. But the, the way that scene happens, and, and it, it kind of makes you wonder, too, because Ren, like, very pointedly doesn't let eddie go to to spencer's room as if he knows there's nobody in that room right now yeah but when you when you watch that scene the first time it feels like you've seen spencer a lot later than you actually have Mm. Uh, so 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 spencer she snuck out she kidnapped malcolm um it i feel like it's implied here that she dosed malcolm with some of her pills 
to make him fall asleep so quickly? Yeah, I think so. Because he was out like a light, like immediately, and like that's what the pills have been for. Also, we saw her in street clothes the night before this, mm-hmm. and so that implies that she was even going out the night before, possibly to help, you know, steal a bell or plant some evidence. Who knows? Well, so I like, you get the impression that basically the whole thing about Mona coming and giving Spencer the second chances mm-hmm. is that, that Mona's game... And we do, so we don't know that Mona is full on A. We know she's doing A business, but we still, like with Redcoat, you don't mm-hmm. know that A is involved with the t- totality of all this stuff. Yeah. But basically what she's saying is that this is no longer about Hannah. It's about like me fucking with you because you fucked with me. Yeah. I mean, Mona has a definite connection to Hannah because that, that's, you know, the liar stole Hannah away and that's what started her, her A shenanigans, but... I feel like she grew to admire and respect Spencer and is now almost as obsessed with Spencer as she is with Hannah. Right. Well, and then think about it. So when she wants when Mona, Spencer to join in her hyper adrenalized uh, uh, reality there. Right. She, she recognizes equal greatness, possibly. Mm-hmm. Someone, she could be like, maybe Spencer could be her Darth Maul. <laughs> Mona's you know, Palpatine. But it's, it's interesting too, is it ties back into it because when, uh, Mona beat Spencer for the Academic Decathlon captain. You know, Hannah broke off and like went and like tore Mona down and said, I'm not mm-hmm. your friend. I don't want anything to do with you, which really only had to make Mona more resolved to carry on this scheme to destroy Spencer. I mean, like the Dark Spencer saga was yeah. you know, continued from there on with New Fury, possibly. Um, it is a great. Well, Spencer's episode. the one who caught Mona. Yeah. And she figured it out. Yeah. But yeah, that was I'm Your Puppet. Very fun episode. Again, uh, and written. just really deep in the, the details, like the, you know, bringing up the JD Salinger stuff with Toby, um, all the, the alley scenes. Fantastic. Mm. And again, written by Oliver Goldstick and Maya Goldsmith, who were prominent writers on the Ryan staff, directed by Oliver mm-hmm. Goldstick. He'll direct one more episode in season four. And we were kind of pondering, though, like, for when the, when the writers and producers, you know, when they direct an episode, is it like something they decide in the writer's room? Like, oh, I want this one. Mm-hmm. Like, are they, is it just the content of the script or like, did they possibly write it to things that they plan to do? Well, is he uh, just like, yeah, it'll be a puppet show of Faust where everyone will be laughing their asses off. Like, it's a funny thing and this isn't like the most surreal, bizarre thing you've ever seen in a TV show. Yeah. Yeah. It's so disturbing. <laughs> I love that they played it that way too. Yeah. Deal with uh, the devil. Yeah. So. Who's making the deal with the devil? It's Spencer. She's made a deal with Mona. Mm-hmm. And the next episode. D- we don't know the terms exactly, but yeah. The next episode is called A Dangerous Game. A Dangerous Game. That is, I think, the best title they've done. Because that's yeah. what this whole show feels like. A very dangerous game. No spoilers, but I think that possibly season five will eclipse that with a better title. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We'll um, talk about that in a bit. As, as we're recording this one, it's the one that will be airing this week for all the people who are up to date. Um, ah, yes, yes, yes. So I just want to again say here, uh, Ashley, I'm so sorry. Uh, frequent commenter Ashley for Amanda. God damn it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Amanda, I'm so sorry. I called you Ashley both in the last episode and this one. I, mean, I guess there's and, worse things in the world than being compared to Ashley Barron, right? True. Um, it's the name of your Skyrim character, is it not? It is. But yeah, as you've seen where we've, we can't even get Toby and Caleb right. I am so, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that you did it again. I, uh, also, thanks to uh, Katie. I got a comment from her. She she likes the show. That's cool. And as I uh, I left a comment there because she asked a question, um, in case anyone's curious and they're like, hey, what about the current episodes that are airing? Uh, yeah, we 
we are watching them. We're just not talking about them on the podcast because we're we're trying to be disciplined here and and just do one you know one episode one show catch up. We should be caught up by the Christmas special uh, for season five. There's going to be a Christmas episode, not a Halloween episode, and we should be all caught up by then so that. Hopefully the day after the Christmas episode airs, we will have a podcast up talking about it. Yeah. And so, Katie, we are so glad that you're looking forward to it in our upcoming podcast episodes because we are certainly looking forward to it. Oh, my uh, God. Season five especially. is amazing. Yeah, yeah, we're loving it. We're absolutely adoring it. Um, So we're going to try to get through season four as fast as we can, which is great especially, on its own. Especially the first half of season four. I mean, and by the way, uh, these episodes are running like an hour and 45 minutes lately. Sorry, we're we're trying not to go that long. We're we're gonna try to shorten them up a little, and I think in four A we're gonna be able to do that. Four A, it's not bad necessarily, but it's a little bit of a step down. We can talk about some reasons why for that when we get to it. Yeah, it's it's getting longer because I mean, like look at look at what's going on in season three. So much is built on top of other things and metaphor and just mm-hmm. they're they're really able to use the show's internal mythology to like really shine a light in some dark places and. We're just talking about it more. Yeah. Um, But we will stop talking about it now. We'll be back next time to talk about a dangerous game. Mm -hmm. Play with us.